everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I am Jason Cavallari. Today we are talking about Richard Garfield's Bunny Kingdom. Little Bunny Foo Foo. The hottest game of Gen Con 2017. The I wouldn't say it was the hottest. No, okay, so it was the... It was the hottest looking game that I looked at and bought at Gen Con 2017. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's Fair? specific enough where it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Bunny Kingdom is published by, we think it's Yellow Games, we don't actually know. Uh, I-E-L-L-O is how it is spelled. Uh, they make things like uh, the Tokyo game and the New York game with the monsters. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Attack? Uh, Smash Up, King of Tokyo? King of Tokyo, King of Tokyo, King of Tokyo, King of New York. Yeah, so they make other games. And uh, Richard Garfield, is he not the yes, he uh, person is. behind he is Magic the Gathering? Magic the Gathering, Netrunner, um, I think various other things that are big and huge and heady and deep and nothing like Bunny Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, like when I saw Richard Garfield's name on the box last year, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I was like, Richard Garfield, I know that name. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh yeah, Magic. Netrunner and I thought so this is going to be really deep and awesome and like you know lot, lots of like sort of combos and interactions between things um not so much <laughs> this is a fairly simple game yeah all right well so before we talk about that let's talk a little bit about how the game works yeah how's the game work Jason <laughs> well essentially it's a card drafting game um mm-hmm. so you're a bunch of uh, bunny lords <laughs> in a kingdom ruled by bunnies um, and you're trying to basically create the most profitable fifes, um, and, uh, whoever has the most profitable fifes at the end of the game becomes the big ears as it's and, known. And what is our currency? <laughs> Carrots. Carrots. <laughs> so, yeah. So you create a fife basically through, um, through card drafting. So you have a hand of cards, you pick one and you pass them. Um, and when the cards come around to you again, you pick another one and you pass them and so on. Um, and you're trying to get basically contiguous, uh, groups of, uh, of plots uh, on a board, board yeah. shaped like a big grid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Punnett square thing again. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the points that each fife are worth are basically a multiplication game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the, the types of resources that your fife produces multiplied by the number of towers which is dictated by the level of cities the number and levels of cities that are in the fife right and the cities range from levels one two and three yep uh, based on the number of towers that are in each city and so like having multiple carrots multiple plots of carrots doesn't help like you want to have like more types of things not not multiples of the same thing right so you want to have like a carrot and a mushroom and some fish or whatever Mm -hmm. that's what i want every night (laughs) <laughs> actually that sounds like a pretty good dinner to me <laughs> yeah, i think there's like what is it like thing. there's like 10 re- different resources in the game maybe like 12 or 15 or something like that yeah um like there's three basic resources on the board i believe it's wood carrots and fish correct uh yes yeah and then, yeah, there's and then like, the other ones are like special resources right they're like luxury resources i believe is what they're called because sometimes luxury resources get referred to on the parchment cards mm-hmm. um so that's that's another thing so you can you can basically like put buildings on these uh these these squares through the card drafting and sometimes those buildings will add a luxury resource to increase the number of resources within a fife right yeah 
And so you so say you end up having a fife that has like three different resources in it, and you have two cities in it. Uh, one has three towers, and another one has two towers. So you would multiply the three resources times wait, five. If, yeah, times times five. Times five. Um, oh, that's plus 15. five. No, times five. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. Yeah. Fifteen. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen so carrots. So you get 15 carrots for that particular fife. Mm -hmm. um, and you can have multiple fifes uh, throughout the board. You're just trying to get contiguous areas. Um, and they're not connected unless you have a special thing which connects them. Um, There's a sky tower building yeah, that you can build. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few. To, to there are a few like fives. trick things that you can build. So there's like the sky tower thing, which connects to otherwise unconnected fives. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the. Uh, it's like a camp or something. Yeah, so the camp is a temporary building. So yeah. if you really, really, really need that square down there to connect these two areas that are useless alone but will be powerful together, then you can maybe get the one square that you haven't run across the card for by putting down a camp, which is a temporary hold on that on that square. And if one of your opponents then happens to draft the card that allows ownership of that square, you lose it. So yeah. it's sort of like a risk. Yeah, yeah. So basically, while you hold it, you can it, it counts as a square that you own. Right. Which matters um, at the end of every round when you do your scoring. Right. But it's not a permanent fixture unless you happen right. to draw its card later on. Yes. Then you could then you could take it for goods. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and so you do this over how many rounds is it? Four rounds. Four rounds, and then whoever has the most carrots at the end is the winner. Um, there's another. There's one other way to get carrot points, and those are with the parchment cards. Um, which I don't think are... we really talked about how the cards actually work. Oh, no, I don't think we did. Yeah, yeah so, go, so go when ahead. you're drafting the cards, like each card will have a, a letter and a number on it, and that refers to the, the particular plot on the board. So you do the Punnett Square thing where you line up, you know, like B8, and then whatever square that is, you know, that's the if you have that card, you can then play that card on your turn, and now you put a bunny down on that, and you own it. And you will get whatever resources it produces, or you'll have ownership of the city if there's already a city there. Um and so what you're that's how you end up like trying to take ownership of different sections of the board and create your fifes. And then in addition to the the B8, you know, the the letter and number cards, there are also uh parchment cards which show what looks like a parchment, you know, like a scroll, kind of like scrolled out flat uh on the card and those will usually have like a quest on them. It's like a quest uh, that gets scored at the very end of the game, or it'll just have what's called a treasure on it that just gives you a like a stock or like you know a flat number of carrots uh, at the very end of the game. It just has a value to it. There's only yeah. one other card, and it's the um, provisions card. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, I think the so. one that allows you to just basically draw two cards off the top of the deck and just play them. Oh, immediately. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's there's only really three types of cards now within yeah. the within the cards that refer to a square on the board. There's different kinds. There's there's the ones that just refer to you know like a, a plot of land, and then there's some that will also just allow you to put down buildings. So it might not have like an actual like letter and number on it, but it'll have the symbol for say like you know the oyster building or. I know this is not oysters, but pearls, right? Like pearls, a pearl yeah. thing in there. <laughs> oysters. Uh, you know, or like the gold or whatever, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Or it'll have a, a symbol with a number in it, and that refers to the level of a city that you can put down on a square that you own. The only restriction is that you can't put a building on a square that already has another building. Yeah, and you can only build level three cities on mm. mountains. Yeah, which is a restriction that's shown on the card. Some of the resources also require have requirements based on the the type of land. So, like I think like there's a uh, it looks like some sort of spice or something that you can make, but it has to be done in a carrot field, for instance. 
Right. Yeah. And like mushrooms, yeah. for example, I think you can only build in, like in the um, woods, like right, woods or, or something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, yeah. And so at the end of the game, you tally up your points from all the previous rounds and then you do the parchment stuff. So that, that would yep. be a, sort of like the end of the game. Figure out your quest cards. points. Yep, exactly. Yep. And then whoever has the most carrots is the big ears. Big ears. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, so what do you think? Ah, uh, this is a beautiful <laughs> looking game. Uh, I don't think we mentioned the artist. We were bad at that. We need to get better at that. Uh, but the artist is Paul Mafan, I think is how his, that's how his name looks. Um, and the art on the cards, the art on the box, the art on the board, all of it is gorgeous. Like it's very fun, very whimsical. Um, it, you know, they're anthropomorphized rabbits doing all kinds of different fun medieval or adventurous yeah. type things. Like I have, I think I have a promo card where it's like, you know, Indiana Jones, but as a bunny, right? <laughs> so that's fun. Um, so well, they're the, just like conquistadors and stuff. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's adorable. And, and the game just exudes joy. And by the time you get to the end of the game and you've got this like land, this pastel, like, you know, great looking board just covered in little like pastel colored bunny rabbits everywhere and these little three-dimensional chunky plastic city towers and stuff like the game just looks like i don't know like the most fun joyous game i think you could possibly own right yeah if you like, want to check it out uh, we'll have a picture uh for the mm-hmm. cover image for this episode yeah on our on our website uh limitedplaytime.com or the right. but that that i think is the that was i bought in on this game based on richard garfield's name and the way it looks on a table, it just looks like so much fun. Um, it's just such a joy to behold, right, when it all gets out there. But playing the game for me is not quite as exciting as it looks to me, I guess, is the fairest way to say. It's not a bad time. It's fine. It's a good drafting game. Um, you know, like, I think if you have ever played an area control drafting game, even something like as simple as, like, uh, King Domino is kind of like, kind of gives me the same feel. Um you'll know what you're in for. I think that the key difference between something like this and King Domino is that this game goes, it could go like up to an hour. Right. Um, and so it's a fairly long one of those types of games. And for me, it just kind of starts to drag. Um, especially like after the third round, I kind of wish that it had been a more condensed game, something that had a little bit smaller, like 25% smaller board, 25% less cards. And then the game lasted three three rounds rounds rather than four. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it goes on a little too long. And, the turns can kind of drag at the beginning of each round because you've got a bunch of people sitting around a table analyzing, you know, up to 12 cards and all the different squares on the board that they've got to line up the letter and the number for and figure out whether or not that's a good card for them. How good is this for my opponent who I'm going to pass these cards to next at the end of the turn? Uh, You know, like, and so there's just all this, you know, there's this downtime in the game that if you happen to be somebody that makes fast decisions, you're just sitting there staring at your friends. Yeah. I I hear all of these criticisms and, uh, and, and they're true. I mean, they're, they're legit criticisms. I I mean, I guess the game can drag a little bit. There is a little bit of, uh, trying to figure out stuff when you have this handful of cards and finding out where they all go and whether or not it's something you want or whatever. Um, for me, all of that stuff is overridden by the charm of this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and as you said, I mean, it's not an unfun game. It, it actually, yeah. I think it's actually pretty fun. No, I think the mechanics um, are solid, you know? Yeah, I mean, the strategy is a little bit lacking. I mean, because it's basically, you know, it's based on the, the cards that you get dealt or the cards that people don't pick and pass to you or whatever else. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the, the strategy is maybe, maybe an inch deep or so, but the, you know, the process of putting together these multiple, basically like tiny kingdoms, um, full of these plastic 
rabbits, uh, some of them sitting in, in cities with towers uh, the, high the, on a mountaintop. Yeah, I mean, the, the rabbit on the level three city is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. And, <laughs> and, you know, and it's just so and, and it's not even just the sort of visual of the thing. And, you know, like you said, the art was really good. But it's also like the game is just full of like whimsical stuff like the, is, they're like bunny and rabbit puns all over the place. Yep. Yep. Um, they make plays on historical figures all the time. So I, I forget what some of them are off the top of my head, but like mm-hmm. I saw like a, a Charlemagne one that they turned into yeah. a rabbit and its name was something else like Charlebunny or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but like I, everything about like every time I was looking at the cards, like they just made me smile. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that for me went a long way into to the enjoyment of the game. It goes far enough, just far enough for me. I, you know, I, and I think I, I played it, I played two two-player games, which I, I saw some people complaining about the two-player mechanics because you have to adapt it. Um, you don't play... You, I think I think in the, the three- or four-player game, you play two cards on your turn, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you start out with like a hand of 12, and you're going to play two. So you're basically going to go six turns before the round is over, correct? Right. Yeah. So in a two-player game, you start with a 10-card hand, and then you have a 10-card reserve pile in front of you. So at the beginning of, beginning of every turn, you draw one card from the reserve pile. So... Now, on the first turn of the round, you'll have 11 cards in hand. You pick one of those cards to play, and then you pick one of those cards to trash. So Mm. the dynamic changes a little bit in a two-player game. It doesn't make it bad at all. Like, it actually plays out pretty interesting because you're still making decisions about, like, what to deny your opponent. Um, and sometimes you're making a decision that it's this is worse for him than me if I get rid of it, but it's still kind of bad for me, so it's still a hard decision sometimes. Right, Um, But, well, one of the things about that is now you've got, like, you've got 10 whole turns to go through um, rather than six, right? So it actually lengthens the length of each round. The other thing is that it's just very fiddly. So like you've got this 10 card pile in front of you that you have to remember to draw a card off of at the top of every turn. You have to remember that you're going to discard one and play one, right? And that sounds pretty simple, but every time I've played this, there becomes there some confusion arises about whether or not we remember to draw our reserve card, right? And so you've <laughs> got to like reference the number of cards in your hand, do the math, reference the number of cards in the draw pile and make sure everything like, you know, is the correct number based on all the math involved. So it just becomes like a little bit more fiddly and it just requires a little bit more managing the actions that you're doing. So like at the end of every turn that I played with mm-hmm. a two player game, yeah. uh, whoever I was playing against uh, me, they and I would have to count the number of cards in our hand to make sure that they matched. And then, then we would trade hands. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just becomes like a lot harder to manage in a two player game. So yeah. it, it plays fine. Like, in terms of the balance of the game, like it is balanced fine, but it it does drag a bit because you are now doing 10 whole turns rather than six in a three or four player game. And you have to constantly be double checking yourself to make sure that you didn't mess up the two different piles that you're, and it's actually like four, right? Cause I mean like they've got a reserve, you've got a reserve and then you're trading the active hands back and forth, you know? Right. So it can be kind of messy. I mean, I, I have not played the two-player game, so I, you know, I'm not. Yeah. I don't have experience with that I'm, part. Yeah, but yeah. even into three and above, uh, especially towards the end, there's a lot of math involved. Like the the scores oh, yeah. in this game get pretty high. Yes. Um, and there are points coming from like a lot of different directions. So trying to make sure that you you get them all and add them all up correctly at the end of the uh-huh. game takes quite a bit of time. So yeah, in the two-player um, games I played counting all the fives and making sure I didn't miss any yeah. was not hard 
but right. I still had that anxiety. Like I could miss something so easily right now. Right. Yeah. Like, I could miss. And, yeah. and, and there's that anxiety about like misscoring somebody. Um, yeah. But I, I think, remember, I think at one point when you were here in March, I suggested maybe playing bunny kingdom and you were like, no, I don't want to do math. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the math is easy. I mean, like they even give you like a little reference card with, you know, uh, a multiplication table reference on it. So you can, you know, you don't even have to do the math. If you don't want. <laughs> but, but I mean, it is, I, I think it's really the, the making, it's the sorting through the parchment cards, doing all the different scoring with all the different scoring mechanisms that they have for the parchment cards. If somebody has like a huge ton of parchment cards at the end of the game, that becomes a chore. And yeah. then scoring the actual fives kind of feels like a chore at the end of the game too. Even if you're good at math, even if you're good at with, you know, observing the state of the board and not missing any of the fives or missing any of the resources or not double counting something, which you run a risk of obviously, yeah. right? Like yeah. double counting something is probably the hardest thing to make sure you don't do. It, it just becomes sort of a chore at the end of the game. And that's one thing that just, it doesn't destroy the game for me. It doesn't like completely ruin it, but it's just kind of a drag. And, and yeah. like, I think in that moment when you asked me that, I was like, I don't want to do the chore at the end. Of the <laughs> yeah, game, so no. I don't want to do that. I think it was like when we played last year at Gen Con, um, there was three of us playing and making sure that we didn't miss anything on the board or that we didn't double count something on the board was extra hard because you've got multiple. Now it's three. We've got like a whole third more bunnies on the board and it's it's all mixed up even more. So the fifes are like not as clear cut. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, we've got to figure out what, you know, our, our third man, what all his cards did because I don't think he was really paying attention. And so (laughs) it just became this big chore at the end of the game. But the board looks fantastic. It looks great (laughs) by the end of the game. It looks amazing. You know, I feel like all all of this uh, makes me think that this game would be really good for kids and especially kids in like the fourth through sixth grade ages. Because it's a good math. um, Yeah. Well, not only that, but there's a little bit more abstract thinking involved too. Yeah. Um, You know, I started to realize that because I, I was just thinking about the like most basic level of what do I keep what do I get rid of when playing today um, I played earlier today and that's something that I've done every game we've played but then I reached a point where I really needed two cards that I had in hand and I looked at the cards that I had besides those cards and I thought about what my opponent needed really bad and normally I would have just trashed one of those cards that he needed really bad but instead I left it in because he needed that card more than he needed either of the two cards that I needed and I wanted to make sure that he didn't take one of those cards. And it's right. kind of where I realized that there is a little bit deeper strategy to this once you play it long enough. <laughs> oh, you've played it like, what, three times now? Um, Yeah, I think three. Three, I think. Yeah, three I've played four. it, I think, twice. So. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, the strategy is there, I guess, if you really want to think through it. Um, But I yeah, don't I, think it's really necessary to even be good at this game to, to think about it. to Or to enjoy it, you know. Like or if, to, if yeah. You, if you want to sit down and, ha- and play it very casually, I think that might be the way to go. Because strategically, there is, like you said, you said an inch. I'd say an inch and a half after having my experience today. But, you know, an inch and a half of strategy, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine. I mean, I think... I think limited the, playtime well, strategy scale. Mm-hmm. When you look at the board, though, it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. I was hoping for something like on the on the level of Netrunner in terms of complexity, and I didn't get that. But mm-hmm. I think that that actually would have been worse in a way because the game doesn't look like it should be that complicated. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> no, it should be fun not. for, like you said, fourth and fifth graders to play. And yeah. if it was as complicated as Netrunner, you would just scare them away. <laughs> yeah, that's quite true. <laughs> but instead, we have a magical kingdom full of bunnies competing to be the big ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So, so 
It's okay. It's okay. It looks it's, great. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're more interested in theme and you're more interested in something that looks great on a table and might be fun to play with some, you know, not little, little kids, but, you know, somebody probably 10 to 16 years old, I'd say that this is a, probably a good choice. Looks like a good family game. Yeah. I might even be good to play drunk. Mm, I don't know. Do you want to do all that math and counting and stuff at the end of the night? When well, no, but I think that's hardly the point. <laughs> so no scoring at the end. Just putting bunnies all. You could just decorate yeah. your room with the bunnies if that's all you want to do. Just get drunk and put the bunnies all over the, <laughs> so the house or whatever. Bunny. Sure, why not? Bunny explosion. There you go. Oh, <laughs> well, so uh, do we have anything left to say? Because uh, we're coming in so. short here. That's fine. I mean, we don't have to run to thirty minutes every time. Uh, I feel like we've. I feel like we're shortchanging our our customers. <laughs> Because they pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> they pay with their time. What? I, yeah, I know. Look, if they don't want to listen, just shut it off. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So next week, we're going to be talking about Castles of Burgundy. We're going we're gonna to hit you with the Euros because we've not talked about too many Euros. No, Jason- probably Splendor. Sp- yeah. <laughs> and we don't- Scythe has some Euro elements yeah, to it. Yeah, it's Euro-ish. I mean, I'll be up front and say that Euros are generally not my category of game, although there are quite a few that I enjoy. See, I thought Euros were your category of game for a long time, because every time we'd plan something out, you would want to play something like, uh, what was that game we played at Gen Con last year? Lorenzo Il Magnifico, Magnifico, which is the most Euro. I know, but I mean, the only reason I wanted to play it is because it was getting a lot of buzz, and I was like, I want to check this out. And like when I played it, it was like the Euro games Euro. It is the most Euro. Yeah. And and then this year, you've already uh, pointed out that you want to play that coin coimumbra or Coimbra. whatever coimbra yeah it's a city which, in portugal i looked up and that's totally a euro too that's like super oh, yeah. euro also yeah yeah but it looks way cooler <laughs> and it's getting buzz like lorenzo il magnifico was just I like mean, all cards and a board that was you it. know lorenzo il magnifico wasn't a bad game it no it just was the most euro of all games it was all mechanics the like all mechanics and zero on theme. Yeah. theme and <laughs> none of it meshed at all but i mean it was just it was just well-designed mechanics that's that's yeah, what it was that's true. So. i mean in some ways i think we we also played great western trail last last summer at Gen Con, and mm-hmm. that was also kind of a euro game but i think the theme was much better implemented in that one so i enjoyed yes. that one a little bit more yeah yeah that that one the, the theme and the the mechanics meshed a little bit better and i don't know it 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 didn't feel quite so helicoptery yeah helicoptery Okay. <laughs> sterile. I'm going for like sterile, like just this sterile yeah, mechanic okay, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's your bonus review on uh, Great Western Trail and Lorenzo <laughs> Right. So anyway, yeah, next time we'll be talking about uh, the Castles of Burgundy. Where should they reach out to us at if they would like to get a hold of us and <laughs> talk to really, us? really tortured syntax. <laughs> at talking with where, people. Where they reach out to the board game podcast we do on internet. <laughs> If you would like to talk at us, or even with us, uh, you can reach us by email. It's lptthepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Limited Playtime, or you can reach us through our website, limitedplaytime.com, which will reroute you to the amazer.com, which is where we are currently hosted. I feel like when you said, or with us, you're basically just like extending an invitation to anybody that listens to this podcast to be a guest because we're so desperate. Dude, if anybody sends us an email, like, they can be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be dave goff then he's he, the already, he already sent us one email oh well, why are we reading it what the heck i because all he did it was ask me to send him a um like a youtube link for a commercial for fireball island 
I was like, you could have searched for this yourself, but here you go. (laughs) All right. Well, if we ever get enough emails, we'll do an email section and it'll be a total blast. Maybe we'll do all the emails. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to do that. Um, I would. So, yeah, hit us up. Anyway, I was going to tell a story, but it's not relevant. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all next week with the Castles of Burgundy. May we? Yep. Bye bye. Later. Thank you.